0: From the latest community news to informative, entertaining reads for travelers and the cannabis curious, just visit your local Black Press Media community newspaper website to sign up today.
1: Welcome to Off the Page, a weekly podcast by the Comox Valley Record. I'm Erin Halischuk, a journalist with the record. Join me as we take a deeper look at the people and stories in the Comox Valley. Washington Nordic ski instructor Keith Nichols' YouTube channel is basically gaining a life of its own. The cross country skier has amassed more than 4.1 million views and 9,000 subscribers onto the page, which features instructional tips on how to improve Nordic skiing. He was an associate professor in geography and environmental studies at Memorial University, where he lived in Cornerbrook, Newfoundland before moving to the Comox Valley. Welcome to the podcast, Keith. Thanks for uh, having me on. I know in addition to your skiing and your passion for the outdoors, you've also written a couple of books, particularly about Newfoundland. And I was wondering, how did you develop your love for skiing, your love for the outdoors? Where did that come from?
2: Well, I guess originally it came from my parents, especially my mom, I guess, who was quite adventuresome. My father died when I was just as an early teenager. And so she kind of took us on a variety of trips that were kind of out of the ordinary for a woman on her own with uh, five kids that she towed along. And we took a trip up to Alaska in the 60s camping all the way. And we eventually settled in the Vancouver area, but she encouraged us to go skiing, mainly downhill at that time. And then when we moved to Newfoundland, it became more of a cross-country. I mean, there's both alpine and cross-country skiing, but I kind of got more into the cross-country side of things there. So kind of put it down to her interest in nature and that sort of thing that kind of got us going in that direction. From all of those trips that your mom
1: took you, is there sure. one that stands out
2: particularly? I guess the kind of epic trip to Alaska was one. This was uh, before uh, a lot of those roads are paved, so they were gravel, and we were camping, and this is in the mid-60s, so it was kind of a real frontier then. It was about six weeks long. We experienced all kinds of different things on that particular adventure.
1: And you said when you went back to Newfoundland, you did a little bit of both downhill and cross-country. What was it about the cross-country that really appealed to you then?
2: Well, I guess the fact that it was kind of more exercise than than alpine skiing in the sense that you're going uphill as well as the flat. I mean, there are downhills, of course, in cross country, but uh, just the overall fitness side of things and the fact that there were a wide range of ski clubs in in Newfoundland uh, that we would go and visit through events, races and other things.
1: And after 30 years of teaching in Cornerbrook,
2: what brought you out to the island? Both of our kids ended up living in the Vancouver area, and so we had never really uh, lived in the Comox Valley before, didn't really know anyone here. So we looked at on the map and found a place with some ocean and a ski hill, and that was also pretty close to Vancouver, so this was it. There were not too many other choices.
1: What was some of your, do you remember some of your first impressions of skiing at Mount Washington?
2: Didn't really know much about it. I, I guess had not really seen many pictures, but I think I was really impressed by the uh, the views, I didn't expect to see the big mountains kind of right in your face. I don't know what I was expecting, but it was uh, the scenery in particular was very impressive with, you know, Mount Albert Edwards sticking right up there at Raven Lodge and, the, you know, the views from the top of the mountain when you're alpine skiing down into uh, across Georgia Strait to the mainland and the mountains there, all bigger than I was expecting. And the trail system is certainly very good at Raven Lodge in terms of the, the cross-country skiing.
1: And speaking of trail systems, I know some of your older YouTube videos you had posted, there were a lot of different hikes in Newfoundland and across the Maritimes. What was the transition, or can you take us through how you went from posting those types of YouTube videos to making instructional ski videos?
2: There was some varied content there, but uh, it was really through some of my teaching and the fact that the students would always, you know, here we are in the wintertime, the outdoors are outdoors or it is a course that they get credit for and they get the examinations on and and the fact that uh, there was, you know, oh, how can we remember all this stuff you're telling us? And so I said, well, I'll just put it down uh, in video form. And that way you can refer to it whenever. And, and also some of the other courses that I was teaching, cross-country ski courses in various places in, uh, in the island, people ask, well, how can we remember all these things? So it was kind of a twofold thing. But I guess initially through for students trying to remember the different drills or exercises or things to remember about uh, basic skiing technique.
1: And when did you first start noticing that your videos that you were posting were really catching on and getting a lot of audiences and, and now they've really exploded? Was there a certain video that triggered that or was it a
2: slow growth that you noticed over time? Yeah, I think it was mainly a, a slow growth. I mean, I remember early on when I posted some, I was quite surprised at how, uh, how many views they were getting. And I remember talking to people, I said, I can't believe people are watching these videos in the summertime. Like what are people looking at cross-country ski videos in the summer? Obviously in Australia, they might be doing that New Zealand but I think these are places people in North America that were just looking for something to do I guess so I was quite surprised at that and then the kind of the biggest growth I guess has been over the last couple of years related I'm going to put it down to the pandemic and, uh, people were looking for things to do outside and for new types of things to do that were going to be COVID safe cross-country skiing is obviously a good example of something and so yeah last year and this year has been Very big, I think, number of people viewing has more than doubled in the last couple of years in terms of just the the viewers and the subscriber base and all that sort of thing.
1: And how do you decide what videos to post and what videos to make? Do you get a lot of engagement with your viewers or how do you go about that
2: process? Some of them come actually from questions that viewers have. You know, I'm having trouble doing this. Can you make a video on that? And if I get a couple of like that, I'll say, well, maybe I will do a video. And then there's other things that as I'm teaching skiing, I come across things that I think well this make a good video or something like that and the thing is that often you never know what's going to become popular after that I really began to pay more attention to viewers questions because I thought well you come at it from one side of things but other people have questions that you never even thought about. For you and
1: in your opinion what makes Nordic skiing such a good sport?
2: Well, I guess it's, it's one of those things that exercises, you know, arms and legs. There's not only a couple that really do that. I can think of swimming, and then I kind of come to a, come to the end. I can't think of too many other sports that will exercise at the same time. Arms and legs and, uh, is also aerobic, and uh, it's a truly a lifetime sport. And I've noticed in
1: a few of your videos that you posted, you do have some suggestions as to how to kind of keep in shape and some techniques that you can do in the summer months. What do you post over the summer? Summer to kind of keep the viewership going,
2: maybe anything from snorkeling with the salmon in the Puntledge River, which has nothing to do with skiing, to uh, things like that. But in the summertime, it's uh, oriented toward sort uh, of dry land training. And, and there is something called uh, roller skiing, which simulates the action of skiing. You can get classic roller skis, which simulate classic skiing, and then skate roller skis the action is very, very similar. So for people who want to train and do that sort of thing, and and obviously a lot of the drills and ideas that you do on snow translate back over to the roller skiing. So those are some of the things. And then just overall balance. I find that that balance is the big stumbling block for almost everyone when they cross-country ski. And it's something that most people don't set out just to practice on their own. Just, you know, you don't just see someone standing at the bus stop, standing with one leg, or just, you know, just hopping around on one leg. And so it's something though that you do have to practice. And, and work at because balance deteriorates with age and is such a key part of cross-country skiing that is not really covered by most sports At most other activities you're always got two feet balance is much less of an issue for cross-country skiing balance is absolutely crucial so maintaining that through the summer is a big deal
0: buying a home is an important milestone find the right realtor and the right listings for your needs at todayshomebc.com powered by black press media With easy-to-use search filters and direct links to realtors and their websites, you'll get all the information you need to find your perfect home. Search hundreds of local listings and get access to the top real estate professionals to help you find your perfect property. Get started now at todayshomebc.com.
2: How often do you create videos? I think I've done five this winter so far, uh, starting back in early January, so cold that I... uh, didn't try to film anything because my wife does all the filming, and she's one standing there often with bare hands. So I'll wait for the better weather for that to happen, so she doesn't get doesn't get cold. Because if I lose her and her interest, then that kind of it makes it harder to do them with, the, with no one there to film.
1: Do you have a favorite memory or highlight of cross-country skiing, whether it's as an instructor, creating video, or just a personal trip that you've taken, particularly around skiing? Is there one that really stands out in your mind for
2: you? Well, probably some of the highlights that were with our cross-country ski instructor organization called CANSI, the Canadian Association of Nordic Ski Instructors. Had several conferences that they've gone to, kind of like the Olympics. They occur every four years, but they're just for ski instructors. And we join forces with the alpine instructors of Canada and the snowboard people, and then we'll all meet in one area in Europe or Japan or North, you know somewhere. Representatives from all the other countries will go there as well, and we'll send their Nordic teams or board snowboard instructors are there, or their Alpine instructors, and they'll have workshops designated for your particular discipline. So I've been on several of those representing Canada, along with, you know, eight or 10 or 12 other CANSI members to talk about our technique, demonstrate how we you know, do a progression of how we might teach a beginner, how to do diagonal stride or, or introduction to skating. And then we go to attend workshops on how the Norwegians do the same thing, or the Swiss teach the diagonal stride or whatever, and see, we we'll look at their progressions and uh, philosophies on teaching. And so I guess those have been some of my most memorable ones because they involve a couple of weeks in some place in Norway or in Switzerland. I guess the overall highlights of teaching skiing, seeing how other people do it. Do you have a favorite location to ski? Favorite location? That's hard to uh, pin down at the moment because I've skied in quite a few locations. Every fall, I tend to go up to Silver Star and Sovereign Lake in the interior to teach at a master's camps. And that area up there, you know, is 110K or 105 kilometers of trail and is usually very, very good for early season conditions. It uh, doesn't have the views of Mount Washington. The location right here has got spectacular views and the lodge Up at Raven Lodge is one of the nicest I've ever seen. Certainly the skiing locally is still very, very good.
1: In terms of the YouTube channel, where do you see it going? Do you have a particular goal in mind in terms of viewership or
2: subscribers or certain types of videos that you'd like to make? I don't really have an overall goal with it. it, just sort of the idea is to kind of make it something that I guess appeals to the beginner intermediate skier with you know some more advanced stuff as well, because I notice that there are some channels that are specifically catering to racers and higher-end skiers, and often ex-racers are making videos. Now they realize this is uh, something that they can easily get into, and they have a name associated with them. But a lot of those types of videos are just geared for really higher-end skiers, so Well, there's kind of a niche in there for the beginner intermediate skier, and uh, that's sort of one of my main interests anyway.
1: And just to wrap up here, looking at sort of the larger picture, is there a, a legacy that you'd like to leave behind, either with the channel or just with your ski instruction
2: for future generations? Yeah, I don't know. I guess that's what happens now. Everything is is online and it's kind of there permanently. I don't know. Good questions. I hadn't really thought about a legacy point of view. I mean, obviously at some point it'd be difficult to continue to do a lot of those videos. I could always be behind the camera or something, depending on what they are. I don't really have a specific legacy thing there related to a a goal or objective or anything like that. But uh, it's a great question.
1: Well, thank you so much, Keith. I look forward to looking at your next videos to come and, and some of the training sessions over the summer and really appreciate you taking the time to join us today. Okay, thank you now. That's this edition of Off the Page, produced by the Comox Valley Record. Thank you for joining us. If you have suggestions for topics or guests, we would like to hear from you. Email us at offthepage at com.
0: Get fast access to breaking news by signing up now to Black Press Media's free newsletters and stay informed with all the latest news delivered directly to your inbox. You'll have access on any device, so you never have to miss out again on the information you need to know.